0: access to entry 487.mt0611 certificate number 54063 the food pyramid
1: at supper time you're hungry again everything tastes good and you're eating well see what good eating habits can do for you do you have a sense uh, of all the shows that we have referenced the topic in other shows and said, hey, that'd be a good omnibus. And
0: I think we have to do it like four times. That's my cutoff. If we don't mention it four times, I'm not going to remember.
1: Yeah. I bet you there are are omnibus futurelings who have a better sense of like, you guys said back in 2018 that you were going to do chewing gum. Broken
0: promises were like a political campaign.
1: But I do feel like the food pyramid has come up multiple times. And, and we always put an asterisk by it, like, oh, yeah, we should do the food burn.
0: Possibly second only to brutalism.
1: <laughs> oh, which will never I'm, happen. I'm still working on it. I have 11 books about brutalism, and for whatever reason, books about architecture are always six inches thick. Yeah. They're the biggest books. And then you open them, and you're like, this is going to be full of beautiful photographs. And it's it's 80% text. Well, especially books about brutalism should just be big, ugly slabs yeah. on your coffee table that you are not tempted to enter. But but it should be, I mean, the language of any architectural style should be best expressed in pictures of it, but it's just reams and reams of like herba i derba derb. I got a
0: big Gaudi book, a coffee table book for Christmas, but I'm an idiot, so it's Gaudi and it's perfect. It's all gaily colored oh, pictures no. of. Of curves and tiles and, yeah. and Catalonian whimsy and that's that's exactly what I wanted.
1: Yes, it yes. did not have
0: long long columns of, of boring text.
1: No, and I you know and so trying to do my show on brutalism. I mean I I've had those books for a long time before I've before we started talking about it here. But like I I think what it is is there's a lot of pressure on me. The books sit sit <sighs> the, there. The more you mention it, yeah, and they're throbbing at me like you don't know all of the you don't know enough about the what we're real the theories and i feel like oh god and i know there are futurelings that that have the those theories in in their card catalog well i think this
0: is good people will no longer look forward to this show because you're really (laughs) because you're really making it sound like it's going
1: to be a drag so i think what i'll do is i'll just do like yugoslav war memorial statues or something you know where i can get into brutalism from the side niche what we really want to do is talk about university libraries though like you know, big university libraries—they're all the same. They all look like prisons.
0: Yeah, and the big, the you know, the big classrooms where you take your hundred-level classes—they're, it's all—it's all terrible.
1: I watched you once uh, play Jeopardy against a computer in <laughs> in, the, in the big brutalist, in the Kane Hall, super. But had concrete had you had square. you taken
0: classes in that same oh, room? For sure. I had
1: I had three classes in there for I think. sure. I had to. Yeah. Or and I used to like sneak. That was one of the places you could sneak into a lecture and kind of stand on the back wall or get one of those seats in the back, like just stuff that I wasn't registered for. But I was like, Oh, that person is giving a lecture on this. I'll go sneak in.
0: I realized the other day movies don't prepare. Maybe this is from having like one kid in college and one kid going into college. Movies don't prepare you for college lectures because in a movie, when you see a college lecture, The bell is about to ring. (laughs) Like movies, always cut to that scene right before the professor's. Like, all right, remember to do the reading. Like, like, (laughs) you are guaranteed to be like twenty seconds away from remember to do the reading. Right, and like the idea that this might go on for ninety minutes has never occurred to any any uh, college
1: freshman. Hundred level classes. I mean, fortunately, I spent the first two years of college at Gonzaga, which is a small school and. Did not have any of those, yeah, 300
0: percent. Just have one, one charismatic Jesuit doing the Socratic method at you?
1: Exactly. Some some physicist that got lost on his way to Hanford. But, uh, and then you you get to, I mean, I get transferred to the U in my junior year, and then you're in small classes and you hardly ever have to just wade through a, a, just a, a monotone lecture to a sea of freshmen. Uh,
0: I just realized I have no
1: college tips
0: anymore. When my son asks me anything, I'm like, I'm I don't remember any of that. Yeah. I don't
1: know. I mean, I went to college 35 years ago. Exactly. Well, but also 25 years ago and 15 years ago.
0: My sister emailed me last night to say, hey, uh, your niece is in Madrid. I didn't really have time to to check in with you before she left, but she's doing a semester there. You got any tips? And I was like, I lived in Madrid literally 30 years ago. Uh, Like whatever my favorite bakery was is not there anymore.
1: Yeah. When you were there, there were still Franco appointees in (laughs) most public offices. We were spending (laughs) pesetas. And
0: yeah, you can still find some with Franco on them. And I I, I don't know. Like, what am I going to say? Go to the Prado, I bet.
1: I feel like the 100 peseta coin was the best of all currency in the world in history. I'm looking it up right The 100 peseta coin just had, it was small. But it had a heft. Solid, yeah, it was like it was like not much bigger than a nickel, but it but it felt like it was worth money. It looked like money, and it felt like money. Well, and
0: plus, it's from Spain, so it's got the imprimatur of pirate gold. Yes, yes, it's got a little
1: bit of pirate gold in every duro. It did feel like a doubloon, but the Dutch had the prettiest money, and now it's all gone. No millennials will know what the hell I'm talking about. The Dutch had the prettiest money. No, it was it was beautiful.
0: Now, now they just have their. Boring, uh, Euro AI-produced
1: euros. Mm.
0: But you know, on the other side, it's going to have a harp or a spaghetti
1: or something. Yeah, that's right. Something from, from some country. It's like, this is Europe, the Mona Lisa. Just like, no, screw you. But the reason Food Pyramid comes up uh, so often is that food, God, food is such a... Can't get away from food. You can't get away from it, right? We all have to eat it, but it is... It's also like a cultural battleground. It's a it's a very emotional topic for a lot of people including me. There's a lot of food adjacent omnibus, right? Yeah, there are and I think that I think we I mean we talk about food a lot and right now I'm hungry. I am hungry. I'm particular it's it's really on the front burner for me because we here in the in the Bunker household all agreed. <laughs> like the Archie Bunker household. <laughs> Archie, don't eat saturated hey,
0: fat. Meathead. Um. You, do you have a New Year's resolution? That's that's. Uh, yeah. Yeah, me too.
1: Yeah, we have decided to stop eating sugar and bread-based, like like uh, refined white uh, starch. But, but you are a refined white starch. I am a refined white starch. Thank you. Thank you for seeing me. I felt I feel seen. But the problem is that our food, our general food, and we are, you know, like middle class, health adjacent. You know, we have all the information. <laughs> health adjacent. We, we live in a place where there are natural food stores not far. We know what we should be eating. But if you, I mean, when we look at our own, diet 80 pop tart it's just the i mean i can't stand a pop tart anymore the old ones were better is that true i don't know old m&ms used to be better or at least there Wait, were more of them is that true i don't know you, these are new conspiracy theories no you remember an old package of m&ms felt like a meal and now it just is like pfft. i paid two dollars for this Feel like
0: maybe you you got bigger. <laughs> I think that's true. You really think the
1: M and M's got smaller? <laughs> they, well, something changed. Everything changed. A Hershey bar now is just like a half of a Hershey bar. But I don't bar. want
0: to get sued by the Mars Corporation just because uh, you yeah. know you, you can you can eat more M and M's
1: now than when you were eight. That's the thing. They'll they'll come and demonstrate that the circumference of M and M's is the same. But no, we we eat poorly. I think not by the standards of um, you've seen all the all the research that. Even the, even the poorest Americans have better nutrition than anybody in the 19th century or prior would have been able to have just because there's more calories available. Yeah. Um, and that's true throughout the world. But we eat a lot of pasta. We, our food, the, the processed food that we eat just is full of sugar and salt. I mean, the thing about sugar and processed flour is they're, they're delicious. Oh my God, they're so good. It's just a coincidence. No, no, it's not. You're... The coincidence is, I mean, not coincidence, but because uh, as Americans we're we're surrounded by conspiracy theories, including that M and M's have changed. M and M's are smaller. I mean, I'm, I'm throwing. Get your, get
0: your protractor. M and M's are smaller. It was the
1: Trilateral Commission that changed it. Um, But the idea that the that big American food processors are like surreptitiously, consciously filling our food with garbage in order to get us addicted to garbage food so that they can make their capitalist profits and keep the world under their jackboot is Uh, such an American, uh, well, no, it's, I'm sorry, a Western idea.
0: But I don't think it's right. I think Velveeta actually is a, it's a thought technology that just converts people. You don't have to secretly make Velveeta tempting. No. It's gross and
1: good. It's gross and good. But you know, this is part of the, the the European suspicion about genetically modified foods. They're so psycho about it to the point where you're like, "Come on, you guys, just relax a little bit." But then the mad cow that we've talked about before made uh, made everybody scared of. We're always scared. We're scared of this. We're scared of that. And food is a big is a big part of it. New
0: Year's is a good time for those resolutions because, like you, uh, you've feel so gross after what you did to your body over the holidays oh you like i feel i am a food pyramid right yeah. now I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big food pyramid it's like it's like bread and cheese up to my thighs yeah. and then it's some kind of summer sausage
1: you do up have up a to pointy head frankly <laughs> that's right
0: <laughs> that's the those are the saturated fats up at the top and sugars
1: Well, and we see, we see all those uh, people love an expose where some brave soul eats McDonald's every day for a month. And then, you know, their face breaks out and they can't, they can't walk straight anymore. And we're all, it's confirmed like, aha, (laughs) but also the, the, the authorities, you know, the medical establishment, um, they kind of keep shifting the goalposts. We talked about this in the red wine entry that like. The
0: older you get, the less you listen to that stuff because you remember the previous cycles.
1: Yeah. Which kind of saturated fats are the good ones now? I'm I'm not, you know, you can't keep it all straight. I feel like we're
0: converging on perfection though. I feel like, I'm hopeful. I feel like we're going to get to a point where actually everybody shuts up about that because we actually got it right. It was just bad science in the fifties where they were like, you know what you need.
1: Well, you're right about it. Zoom, you know, like zooming in. I think we know more now than we did. Uh, and there is a real sense that uh, – well, you know, that's one of the things about government. Uh, government is there to manage us but also government has a vested interest in – or it, it believes about itself and we empower it to think that it has a, a vested interest in our health and well-being, right? right? Mm-hmm. Government is not just about uh, stealing our guns and and uh, disallowing us decision-making power over our bodies. They're also the ones that make murder illegal, right? And
0: Yeah, like it's kind of, it's most basic thing is well-being decisions like you can't beat somebody up on the road and take their
1: purse. Right, or defrauding them of money is not okay. Even though they are suckers, (laughs) you still can't do it. Because we, Congress passed (laughs) the
0: Protect the Suckers Act in 1978.
1: Being Uh, a sucker is allowed in the United States. Um, and you can swindle people up to a point. Not the elderly. Well, you can sure swindle them up to a point. You have to be related to them. Or you, or you could be the state government that has lotteries. (laughs) 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 But yeah, uh, uh, several years ago, let's say six, eight years ago, we went on a low slash no sugar diet and it was transformative. Um. I just felt so much more energy, like good energy, solid, sort of all day long, constant energy. I didn't have to take an afternoon nap. I didn't, I wasn't on that roller coaster. And we stuck to it for months. Oh, really? Months. We were on that diet probably for nine months and it became extremely easy to pass on desserts.
0: Let let me ask you this. Did you have the withdrawal period where... Your body is like, you clearly have eaten enough food, but your body's like, this is not the kind of food I think is delicious.
1: Well, at the time, I think it was hard to get on it, but we made the mistake of going, trying to do keto and we did, we did. Um, and so at that point you're like, well, I can eat all the bacon and cheese I want. And you realize pretty quickly, I don't want that much bacon and cheese. You
0: think you're going to want unlimited. Yeah. Yeah. That's the Atkins keto thing.
1: This is gross. Like I've had bacon now two days in a row and I don't want to see bacon again.
0: Cause your body's very good at that. Like they do this to toddlers where, you know, like the, their body can just tell, nope, I need more vitamin B12 and they'll reach for
1: the, they'll reach for the goop that has vitamin B12. And what we, and so what it is, is psychological, right? The, and I think that's what we identified here. We eat to comfort ourselves. We eat both to celebrate and also mourn. We get into just a habit of like, well, I'm going through the kitchen. I might as well grab a handful of this. Working from home is the worst thing that ever happened to me health wise. Yeah.
0: Because if I was at an office today here with you, I will not eat anything. And And I'll, and 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 I won't even be hungry. I'll get home and be like, Ooh, Hey. When's dinner? Um, because I'm a unreformed chauvinist.
1: Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, uh, hey, wife, whatever your name is.
0: <laughs> I feel like pigs in blankets tonight. No, uh, just because I've been here all day. But uh, if I'm home, I'll write one sentence and be like, I could write another sentence, or I could go grab the stuff I saw in the fridge.
1: But you do have a, a discipline around here where. We've been doing Omnibus now for fifty years. Yeah, fifty-five years. You have never once eaten, <laughs> accepted an offer, right? I'm, I'm every time you walk in, or at least normally, I'd be like, "Hey, do you want a slice of this? Do you want a, a plate of apples?" And you're always like, "No, thanks." So, is that a, a discipline you're following, or is it just that you're not hungry?
0: I've been, tr- I don't, or get is hung- it that you
1: don't trust my I don't-
0: food? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're
1: like, no, I know you have saltpeter and What's all that. What's in
0: those cookies? <laughs> no, I kind of do intermittent fasting where I don't really, uh, it's not a virtue. It's just that I don't actually get hungry in the morning. So, me either. I'm like around noon, I start to get hungry. But yeah. when I show up here and you're like, hey, look at these leftover bunt cake, I'm like, <laughs> there's some version of me that would love that, but he's three hours away.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. Intermittent fasting in the sense that I don't eat until about 5 p.m., but often forget to eat at 5 p.m. and then eat at 8 p.m., at which point I eat 6,000 calories because, that's, yeah. That's exactly what doctors recommend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, eat a, I eat a side of beef, but, but often I fill up on, on carbs. And I think at 55, I'm at risk for diabetes. I'm at risk for, you know, my doctor is from China, and he says, when he does my, my run-up, he says, you have the American, uh, <laughs> oh, wow. body. And I'm like, what does American body That's mean?
0: That's very smart. That's a good way to, uh, to both shame you, but in a, but you know, in a, in a way that you can't sue him.
1: Well, cause what he says is you are, uh, you have high blood pressure because you eat too much salt. You have, you know, pre-diabetes cause you eat too much sugar and you have, I don't know, there's one other terrible thing that I have. Love handles. Because I do some other American thing. And he's like, it's not a problem. Everybody in America has it. And I'm like, it's a problem. (laughs) He's like, I mean, it's a problem, but like, don't, I'm not singling you out.
0: It's not your problem. (laughs) But
1: yesterday, oh my God, my mom has no filter, as you know. And she said, you know, in my day, we ate the worst food, gravy on everything, pork chops, twice a week. I mean, we, we just ate so much food, huge portions, but nobody was obese because I don't know why we didn't have any sugar, barely any sugar. And we didn't have this. And we didn't even know about pasta at the time. And, you know, it was all just like meat and potatoes. And then she says, you know, you're as heavy as any guy would have been. In 1945. You'd be in a circus in 1945, son. Okay. I don't (laughs) feel like I'm that. I mean, I can still buy my clothes at the store. What are you talking about? As heavy as. And she's like, no, you'd never see a guy. I mean, you're as, you know, you're the bulk. I'm like, okay. Well, thanks, loving mother. But I do, I do feel uh, like this is going to be something we're trying to do that's lasting. Right? That that eliminating that kind of constant because it's just like any addiction. It's just like cigarettes. It feels just like it. It's not that my body wants seven helpings of sugar. Your hands just need something to do.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: You just, I mean, my dad always told that story. He quit cigarettes when the phone rang and he lit a cigarette before he answered it because he always had a, that was a, a cigarette, right? The phone. That's cigarette time. And then he looked down and there was already a cigarette burning in the ashtray like i'm a i'm a lab animal yeah it had just it was just a, a trigger
0: i had a plate of french toast in front of me yesterday and it was not i was not hungry anymore but mm. there's french toast in front of me <clears throat> what am i gonna do not eat french toast that's insane it's basically eggnog except a toast the idea that one could <laughs> not eat french toast with, it had <laughs> bananas on it it looked delicious yeah. i was i was feeling so gross and i was like I can make it through.
1: I I can get, I can do this. Come on. (laughs) Come on. Just terrible, uh, terrible for me. Undo your belt and get in it. Um, but I think as Americans, we have seen the food pyramid, um, for what seems like all our lives. Floating eye above it. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) On the dollar bill. (laughs) Is that what that is? The food pyramid? Yeah. It's the Masonic food pyramid. The Masons always (laughs) thought a lot about (laughs) carbohydrates. (laughs) And the food pyramid is kind of like the presidential fitness program of our childhoods where it establishes a, uh, what seems like an impossible standard of achievement that none of us could possibly ever do. Yeah. And so it's just like the government at a young age, just making you feel bad about yourself.
0: And then yourself. it weirdly ties it to some kind of civic yeah. or patriotic duty, yeah. you know, like, well, of course you're a good red blooded American boy. Of course you're going to have this many pork chops. Uh, which is uh, a weird way to think about exercise or food and maybe not something that exists anymore. But, uh, but 20th century it
1: did. Well, and you know, I mean, now, I don't know. It seems like, well, half the internet is porn or 80% of it. And then there's 10% of it that's just people telling you what to eat, what not to eat, how to exercise, how not to exercise. And it's all, none of it's internally consistent. Everybody's got a theory. I mean, half the... I keep saying half of, but a lot of you see a lot of stuff online that's like they tell you to do this, but they're wrong. It just shows what people
0: are messed up about, like what people are neurotic about. I had a, a friend, who, a middle-aged woman, who started to go to therapy for the first time, and all all she could find were therapists that just wanted to talk to m- women about their weight because that's what middle-aged women I want to talk about are are uh, feeling bad about because that's what the culture did to them. Right, and the internet is just an outgrowth of what people are feeling bad about, I guess.
1: Yeah, or it's like, hey, are you feeling good today? Yeah. <laughs> How would you like to feel bad? What if I told you you weren't <laughs> getting enough beta carotene? <laughs> but the, the food pyramid as a thought technology, um, in researching this show, I was astonished to learn was much more, especially in American life, a much more recent uh, addition and um and has a has a little bit of a, a strange history you would think that the food pyramid was a result of a kind of virtue culture that stemmed you know a lot from science and yeah, psychology it's
0: going to be like yeah it's going to be early 20th century Efficiency culture, we can measure everything, we can measure IQ. Let's start measuring calories, yeah.
1: And Kellogg is like, You need more, uh, yeah. more uh, B- corn, buck- <laughs> buckwheat flour, exactly, whatever he's into uh, for regularity. I mean, talk about uh, a mid 20th century fascination or early 20th century fixation.
0: Oh, is that Let right? Let you see your stools, it's, it's all about
1: bowel movements, yeah. Oh my god, why? I, I remember I probably told this story before. I was sitting in a bar with a Jesuit priest, you know, young, hip Jesuit. A priest at an indie rocker walk into a bar. And we're both sitting there, it's in Idaho, so we're drinking red beer, which is beer with tomato juice in it. Wait, what? Yeah, that's an Idaho thing. Beer with tomato juice. This is a Grandpa Simpson story. (laughs) We were drinking beer with tomato juice. We were in a bar called the Fish Inn that doesn't exist anymore. They tore it down, but it was a bar shaped like a fish. And you walked (laughs) into the bar through the mouth mouth of the fish. We're in a bar shaped like a fish, (laughs) as was the style at the time. And and then this young Jesuit says to me, you know, we're both like leaning on the bar like a couple of Bukowskis. And he turns and says, how many BMs do you have a day? (laughs) And I was like, what? I don't know. One? None? And he was like, you need to have three a day. Oh, yeah, you told me I was like, three a day?
0: Three a day? What else would I do? We don't all have cushy clerical
1: jobs, What are you talking bother? about? I, I couldn't find a bathroom three times a day. And he's like, no, that's the, you know. And he obviously was op- operating from some textbook of health, some idea of like what.
0: It just seems like he had IBS.
1: Or, you know, the Jesuits all live together in a big dorm, this might all, have all of them in the world. Well, yes, the Vatican, they it's a do.
0: big Jesuit dorm.
1: No, at, at Gonzaga University, they had a <laughs> dorm, they had a part of campus that right. you, you know, at, at, when you'd walk past it, at least I would always like look out of the corner of my eye, like all oh, the Jesuits are living in a building over
0: there. Could you always hear like Gregorian chants? Well, Gregorian chants are, across like, the quad. are
1: like uh, love sounds because you know, <laughs> half the Jesuits are gay and the other half are jocks. That's the that's the way it goes.
0: I'm learning so much, yeah, about Gonzaga. Right. Also,
1: now. also their dorm is shaped like a fish, but uh, <laughs> but I had a sense that I had grown up with the food pyramid. I'd been feeling bad about the number of vegetables and fruits I I ate in every meal since I could remember, right? Since I was a little boy. But in fact, the United States USDA did not actually publish any kind of food pyramid until the 90s. Wait, so I remember food groups. Food groups, that's right.
0: That was what we used to get, right? You got your fruits and vegetables, you got your carbs... You got your meat, maybe meat and dairy, or, mm-hmm. or was it meat and dairy? Were those two different ones, or was there like meat and dairy and then junk food? I can't remember.
1: Meat and dairy were lumped together at first and then separated because they both come from a cow. They, is that well, the idea? <laughs> no, I mean you know because there's because there's all the science about well what a right. you know what exactly do we need? Why is meat and dairy the same thing?
0: The protein group.
1: There's a lot of other protein you can get other places.
0: But there was already, at the time I got this in the seventies. There was already a sense of virtue and vice, like. The good ones are, and they were wrong. It was like, the good ones are bread.
1: Yeah. The bad one is meat. Bread and potatoes down at the bottom. Yeah. In the most the most stuff you should have is bread and potatoes. First,
0: fill up on bread and potatoes. Then if there's any room left, little broccoli's okay.
1: But interestingly, that uh, original idea did not come from science about what the body needs. Uh, the bread and potatoes at the bottom were not the result of some flawed nutrition science where where old scientists were like, you need as many carbs as you can get. That's that's where your daily energy comes from.
0: So if it doesn't come from that, where is it from? Lobbying groups?
1: Uh, Well, no. The first food pyramid was published in 1974 in Svenska, or Sweden, as we call it. It comes from Sweden. It comes from Sweden. And it comes from, uh, it's the result not of Swedish scientists uh, asking themselves, how do we make as part of the government. How do we make more beautiful Swedes? That's right. How, you know, everyone's already tall and lean. I mean,
0: everyone there is already beautiful. The steaks are very low nutrition yeah. wise. Plus they have smorgasbord. They just. They do. They invented girl dinner.
1: Uh, no, it is a result of the fact that in the early seventies, 1972 to 1975, there was a global famine as a result of a couple of different factors. One of them was, uh a massive El Nino that went around the globe. I mean, affected the weather around the globe and created a huge drought throughout central Africa, the Sahel and all of the, you know, all of middle Africa and, and Southern Asia. I don't remember this famine. Well, you weren't alive in 1972.
0: Yeah. But I'm aware of like the post-war ones where moms would be like, children are starving in China. And I remember the we are the world one.
1: Well, and so this is the one that kind of set up the we are the world. It, it introduced into the 1970s consciousness uh, this idea that there were, you know, these, these areas of the world and often highly densely populated parts of the world where one bad year of failed crops could create, you know, a massive, a massive famine where millions would die. Um and so this event in the early 70s, when it happened again in Ethiopia in the early 80s or the late 70s, it was, you know, it was already very much a
0: this was something scientists were already thinking and writing about.
1: Yeah. But there were other factors, and one of them um was in 1970, the United States passed the Agriculture Act, which was an act, which and we've talked about food as commodities on the omnibus too. So we've already identified nine or 10 instances where we may have uh, talked about the food pyramid, but in 1970, the agriculture act, uh, actively paid farmers not to grow grain in order to inflate grain prices so that the family farmer would be able to make a, make a living and maintain their status as an American.
0: And I assume this was in the face of threats of cheaper overseas crops. Is that what it is?
1: And just like, you know, like anything, there was probably a glut of grain at the time and the market was saturated. And so. Wouldn't you love it if the government paid you to not make records? Whew. They should have been this whole time. Can you imagine? What a ripoff. And the thing is, the millennials will get that deal and then I'll be another resentful boomer.
0: They're like, we have seen from the Columbia house that records now only cost one cent.
1: (laughs) Don't make records. We must must
0: drive these prices up.
1: (laughs) What do you mean? I paid off my college loans. (laughs) I'm so
0: patriotic that I'm not writing books pretty much on a daily basis uh, without anybody having to give me a cent
1: but you are don't lie you're always writing books no because every two years you're like oh yeah i've got a book coming out And i'm like what well i've seen you
0: every week what have you when do you write a book no that's the illusion of um of prolificity Mm. you know like really it doesn't take two to three years to write a book (laughs) like if i was really going to a day job where it's like okay nine to five better write that book yeah, you could write any book in like a week.
1: Well, yeah, I mean William Carlos Williams worked all day as a doctor and then went home yeah, and yeah. like, oh, I'm going to just Come write on, eight again. poems. <laughs> um but so, you know, at the very beginning of the Senate, this is the thing about the kind of whack-a-mole of public policy where you feel like, oh, this is a a major problem that will always have too much grain. And so we're going to we're going to enact These policies. It does seem
0: like in the face of global famine, that's not it. you'd you'd see some of the short-sightedness of such a policy.
1: That's right. Not super good. Um, And then there also, this was right at the time when OPEC decided they were going to make fuel prices really high, kind of for the same reason. Like, we're not rich enough. And one way we, we could be richer is actually to make less stuff. Drill slower. And then charge more for the other stuff. So there's a famine... Is this what you're doing, by the way? Like when you finally
0: have a new record out, you're going to charge like 150 bucks for Yeah,
1: worth. I'll be like, look. It's, it's been a long time. Well, no, you remember that Wu-Tang record where yeah, they're exactly. like, we only have one of them, but it's a million dollars.
0: <laughs> uh, you've been doing that, but you've been doing zero of them. Mm-hmm. And so you can charge whatever you want. Mm-hmm.
1: That's right. One, I'm going to make one record and one futureling is going to pay.
0: Wu-Tang's mistake was making one. Yeah. You took that to the next level and made zero.
1: Well, basically that one record was the first NFT. Yeah. And, and it was bought by was the first that, douche.
0: That evil <laughs> that evil pharma guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like a like an the first edgelord bought the first NFT, and Wu Tang is Wu Tang won. They did it. They yeah. invented apes. Um so all of this what was suddenly like a major disaster. Russia had a had a, a like an extreme failure of crops, and so kind of got got ahead of the game and was buying crops that were were on the international market and the people that got priced out were the global poor and so so suddenly there's no sorghum for the global south right and 2 million people died in wow. in of starvation in that famine but food prices had gone up all around the world, there you know, food prices had increased in the United States. Ooh, we talked about this in the generic foods mm-hmm. entry. That's why people
0: started like selling these special soup cans that cost eight cents less. And everybody was noticing the, the yeah. grocery budget not going as far.
1: Well, you think about fuel costs going yeah. up, grocery costs going up, everything going up, massive uh, inflation of prices. And I but, mean, but I'm,
0: enough about last year.
1: <laughs> I was a you know I was a kid then, and it did feel like. Uh, there was a panic. I mean, when you would drive past those gas stations that had lines of cars lined up for a, for a mile. Like a Mad Max movie. Yeah. It just felt like, well, and again, the, just the whack-a-mole nature of the way we think, uh, it just seemed like, well, this is the new reality and we're never going to have any gas and food is always going to be expensive and people are going to be starving everywhere. But in Sweden, which is at the time, which was at the time a much smaller and more homogeneous country at the, and also at the time kind of trending toward socialism, there was public unrest. Um, it's another thing we think that unrest in the streets is like something that we just invented, but there have been.
0: In fact, the Swedes invented it <laughs> in 1972 after s- Bjorn Borg won Wimbledon.
1: So many times in the history of of the globe where people took to the streets and stormed the Bastille. They literally started. And when, when did any millennial storm a Bastille?
0: My guess is the Swedes did not storm the Bastille. Cause it would be a very long, a long March
1: and kind of somewhat pointless to storm <laughs> the Bastille,
0: but you got to go all the way around through the Baltics,
1: but they did make a lot of noise. And the Swedish national board of health and welfare, um,
0: the SNBHW.
1: Well, the N N B H W. W, but from, but from Sweden. But it, from Sweden. So, oh yeah, S N. Uh, but in Swedish, I don't know if they, those word no. those words probably didn't have the same spelling. Uh, Realized that there needed to be some kind of of uh, would We, what we, what is the word? It's uh, not assuagants. Amelioration. Amelioration. <laughs> I <don't> not <laughs> amelioration. No, they needed to, you know, they needed to assuage the population with some kind of, there needed to be some government response to the fact that people were saying, we can't afford food and that is, that is a national crisis. Oh, this was like a,
0: a budget, grocery budget initiative? Like one of those Red Book articles from the 70s or something?
1: Well, what ended up coming out was a series of guidelines... Um, here's how you can get nutrition on a budget. Yeah. Oh, wow. And the, uh, the, you know, the, the premise was, look, uh, you need to eat a lot of cereals and then, you know, supplement that with fruit and vegetables in order to get the vitamins you need.
0: Meat's expensive, so.
1: Yep. Pasta and potatoes. And then at the top of the pyramid, uh, small portions of meat, fish, and eggs.
0: Well, the Swedish national character always valued, um, what, uh, moderation in all things. That's kind of their national ethos is like, we're all going to drive Volvos. We're not going to drive anything too crappy or anything too good. Um, there's a right amount of everything and it's unseemly to have more.
1: They certainly have a lot of moderation in terms of expressing their emotions. <laughs> I've done enough expressing of my emotions for the year, and so we're going to... That's more of a
0: Norwegian (laughs) thing. We have even our keel here in
1: this part of Scandinavia. But the the original National Board of Health and Welfare graphic was a pie. You know, it's sort of natural. It should be
0: the food pie.
1: It was the natural sense of what a graphic would be.
0: Like a pie chart divided into...
1: Yeah, here's what you should do. But it wasn't really sort. The pie chart wasn't. um, I mean, a lot of this is just the art of graphic design. Uh, They didn't initially have the different sizes of pie. uh, Oh, they
0: weren't proportional to what you should eat. eat. And plus, plus you shouldn't make a food chart shaped like a pie. That's exactly right. That actually was a criticism.
1: Oh, really? Like this just looks like a pie.
0: We're making everybody hungry for the wrong stuff.
1: We don't want to encourage the 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 pie culture. So, uh, so some folks from basically like a supermarket cooperative, because again, socialism, um, held a conference about like how to get the po- the, the population to eat, not better, but more efficiently. Cheaply. <laughs> and, uh, a woman by the name of Anna Britt Agassiter, Agassiter. Agassiter, I'm sure that's right. Um, was speaking and, uh, just a member of the audience, someone named Fjölar, Fjölar
0: Clems or Clemis. We know the name of every audience member. <laughs> it's just like the Kennedy
1: assassination. Basically, you know, a Scandinavian, a couple of Scandinavian words where it's either, uh, consonants put right up against each other or uh, vowels put up right against each other. Enough umlauts to The thing to about kill a Swedish
0: cow. is their their vowels don't actually sound like our vowels. Yeah. So I asked a Swedish friend, how do you say this? And she'll just say sounds that we don't have. Yeah. And I'll be like, oh, great. I don't have to say this right at all.
1: Yeah. Basically, every one of the people in this story is named... Uh, <laughs> That's offensive. <laughs> I'm sorry to all my Scandinavian listeners. And Muppet Show fans. <laughs> but uh, you know, it really was a, say, a sense where an audience member raised his hand and said, why don't we do this as a pyramid? Whoa. With the you know with the stuff that comprises the, the majority of the diet at the bottom, and then the stuff we don't want people to fixate on at the top. Do you think this being
0: what, sometime in the 70s, mid-70s? Yeah, m-
1: early 70s. Do
0: you think this was like a result on some level? It's a result of like the fascination with uh, the possibly supernatural power of the Egyptian pyramids. Oh wow! Remember how '70s man just loved the pyramids? Yes, the pyramids. Will, they're aligned, and they'll give us. They obviously had electricity, and they were aliens, and the pyramids were aligned. We love the mysteries of the pyramids.
1: Well, so what I what I think might have happened is that food pyramid did go around the world at the time and was adopted by kind of a real. A melange of countries that you wouldn't kind of expect like, oh, well, Japan adopted it, but also Bhutan. And, you know, just sort of like, it was not. Just
0: because it expressed this idea, you eat a lot of the cheap stuff and a little of the, of the expensive, expensive stuff. stuff.
1: But the World Health Organization played a role in kind of putting this out. And I wonder whether or not, uh, growing up in a, in a culture, you know, a kind of left coast culture here in the U.S., Gave us more access, or rather our parents and school administrators, more access to this sense of, uh, they they would be more um, receptive to and also a greater chance of being aware of. International ideas. Yeah, or a Swedish, like, nutrition guideline. It was in our textbooks, I remember. Yeah, Uh, and that's the thing. It was not promulgated by the government, like, posters on the wall. Yeah. But it was, um, it did seem progressive- and science-based.
0: Yeah, it was almost like what you would see in a, in a reference book. You know, a, a child craft or a world book would have something like this. Yeah. Can I just say it's not a pyramid? This is my, this is my objection. Oh, it's just a triangle. It's a triangle. Yeah. Is it, is it ever 3D? I, I, I don't think I've ever seen one where the, the the kale goes around to the side or whatever.
1: There are, um, there have been, and as we'll see, uh, as the US government has uh, first adopted the idea and then second, tried to disseminate it widely, there were some like school assemblies where someone from the National Institute of Health would show up with a three dimensional pyramid. Ooh. Often with the speaker inside the pyramid. What? Who would like poke his head like, up. Like It's like but, a girl coming out of a cake. Yeah, with the top of the pyramid as a hat <laughs> and go,
0: Hi, kids. I'm the food pyramid. I'm Foodie the food pyramid. Yeah, foodie
1: the food pyramid. And, you know, it makes more sense that that the mass would be represented by a three-dimensional... I thought you were
0: going to say they actually built a pyramid of food with like loaves of bread and then... Oranges and then.
1: That would have been grotesque.
0: A grotesque. Yeah, imagine imagine the layer of meat.
1: Yeah, right. Or the, cheese. And a distinctively American waste of food. Like, <laughs> we're not gonna use this today, kids. It will be super gross by the end of the.
0: Do <laughs> you ever see that picture know? in reference books of the time where it was like, this is what an American eats in a year. And it's like somebody standing in a household of what, uh, you know, a room of what the American household eats. Yeah. And I just remember staring at it. You know, it was p- piles of this many apples and this many loaves of bread and this many gallons of milk. It was something almost hideous about
1: it. Yeah. I ruined a party once, uh, sitting on a couch in a room full of smoke. And uh, by saying kind of out, well, out loud, obviously out loud. The, but way, the way you usually say things? A little a little, maybe like, hey, everybody, um, what if we had stacked in the room all the cigarettes we were ever going to smoke? And so rather than just Always reaching for another cigarette, we realized that we we have to smoke all these cigarettes. I'm on cigarette number eleven hundred and forty eight. Yeah, like we would have to look at this pyramid, which would be enormous, and just each of us like slog over and go, Oh, gotta get started on these cigarettes. And everybody was really bummed out by that idea. Well, this is a diet tip.
0: On January 1st, stack up your food for the year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you will not be excited about eating very quickly. Yeah, get started on those Snickers bars. I don't think I can get through all this mozzarella. So throughout the, you know, throughout the 70s and 80s, more and more people got invested in the idea of a food pyramid. And we did, I think, start to see posters for it. Um, but again, not uh, not disseminated by the U.S. This, not, is, this was
0: never a government program. Not
1: right? part of the FDA or... or um, or, you know, the, the general sort of American attempt to manage their population with weightlifting advice. But a lot, you know, this was, of course, an area of study. A lot of universities got involved. People uh, kept pushing new and better versions of this pyramid, but always based around the same structure. Grain and cereals at the bottom and and Cheap starch, fruit and vegetables in the middle, meat, fish and eggs at the top. But you know, with with more sense of like cooking oil, and you have oh, to yeah. you have to make an allowance for sugar. I so do rem- I do little, remember
0: when there was a little asterisk, and suddenly it's like oils and sugars. Yeah,
1: like a, you have to have this kind of oil, and you have to have this little bit of sugar. And you know, in response, a lot to people saying like, this is not, this is incomplete and unrealistic. You can't eat this way. Yeah.
0: And back then it was, as we talked about it, and I can't remember which show, it, it was believed that, you know, the food, the oil and fat in your food was the same as the fat in your body. Right. And so the path to health was not to eat oils and fats, which is actually not true.
1: Right. And I, I mean, in the early nineties, I was, I worked with a woman who I overheard one day saying, I made this box of brownies. This was a, you know, she worked in my little segment of the, of the company. I made this box of brownies. But they're, they're fat-free brownies. So I ate the whole thing. I ate a whole tray of them and they're fat-free. <laughs> and, you know, and I, even then I knew that there were 1,000 grams of sugar in it.
0: They're free and you're fat.
1: Um, but you know, so like don't eat the whole thing. It's still not a, not good for you.
0: It was the olustra entry, I think.
1: They're fat-free. They're literally, we've talked about this four, 14 times.
0: Yeah, fat-free was, was code for healthy yeah. because sugar... Was, big sugar was very good at propping up the idea that fat was bad, sugar was fine.
1: Right. That That's about the same time I had that. My first fettuccine Alfredo with chicken. And I thought, I honestly ordered it thinking, it's like healthy, it's got chicken in it. <laughs> because we didn't eat that much chicken before that. Chicken was healthy. But in 1991, um, the USDA published its first... Food pyramid, which was. we say 91? 91. It's a grunge thing? It was grunge, basically. They were like, yeah, no, no eating that food. Yeah, yeah, eat this other food. <laughs> they got <Eddie> any <laughs> better to do it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it was, you know, it was absolutely a more sophisticated idea of the pyramid. And it had included physical activity. As a component of how, it's much more of like a how to live pyramid. You need to eat this much, but also move this much. This is what kills the food pyramid is trying to make it a super pyramid that contains the universe. Well, and they also were like, here, we're going to allow you some discretionary calories. Boy. You can burn, you know, but basically it all, you know, it adds up to two Hershey's kisses and a, and, um, you know, half of a pop.
0: I just think the food pyramid was beautiful and wrong when it was like a lot of carbs, some vegetables, a little bit of meat. Now that it's like this shape has to express everything about a healthy lifestyle, it's full of ifs and asterisks and and uh, sidebars.
1: Well, as you can imagine, it was assailed by criticism and and some of it kind of interesting. And and I think you could see this in the pyramid without without being a food scientist, which is to say that when they say two servings of meat, they mean – that's the maximum amount of meat you should eat in a day, whereas when they say two ser- servings of fruit and vegetables, that's the minimum amount of fruit and vegetables. Seems confusing, <laughs> right? You're not gonna eat too many vegetables, right? So when they say two, they're saying like, please eat two. That's as, that's gonna be hard. And they're but-
0: kind of making a deal like a like a like a beleaguered mom, like we right. know you're not eating vegetables, just for the love of, just eat two.
1: Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try and only eat two servings of meat. <laughs> And we're going to try and only eat two servings of vegetables, At but least. for different reasons. Yeah. But, go ahead. Were you about to say something? Um, but they were particularly criticized by both, wait for it, the meat and dairy industries. Hmm. Because both meat and dairy were represented as like, don't, you know. Don't these, overdo it. These are, you should eat these sparingly. And... And essentially, um, these are the, the stuff at the top of the pyramid is the bad stuff and the stuff at the bottom is good. And American meat and dairy industries are massive, massive industries. And it's not that it's just mega corporations; it, it, they're typical lobbying groups where it's just like the AARP, um, the AARP only has power because it has 10 million members all giving it $5 a year, or whatever it is, but that but just the sheer numbers of them allow them to go to Congress people and say, we're against whatever. And this is true of dairy farmers
0: lobbying groups. Yeah. And this is probably, we're getting into the years of the dairy surplus, right? That leads to the government cheese entry, so right. the last thing Wisconsin wants is people to be thinking twice about milk and cheese.
1: Yeah, and, and also uh, the science now has gotten better, and scientists are pressuring the USDA from the other side saying well no less dairy um putting even putting dairy on the food pyramid is not really um it's not a need and
0: can you imagine if our bodies evolved to need to suck to suck the milk that was supposed to go to infant cows and goats but like but we need it nutritionally in our bodies.
1: Well, or just a
0: very un- unlikely effective evolution.
1: Yeah, or, or not not just animal milk, but what if we n- breastfed until we were thirty? Yeah, or we would have whole we'd have warehouses full of of slaves just making milk. Oh, yeah, that's this fun. is a dystopian story.
0: Yeah, the whole you don't want to think it doesn't uh, ice cream is good enough and cheese is good enough. It doesn't bear thinking
1: closely about how dairy exists. But because the USDA is a government agency representing a broad, you know, consortium of of industries, they were always modifying their recommendations and suspiciously modifying their recommendations to accommodate industry saying, well, wait a minute, we're, we've got all these slaughterhouses in Chicago. You don't want these people to be out of work. The last thing you want is out of work butchers. Yeah, they've got knives. They've got yeah. giant Giant cleavers they're yeah. running through the streets with them. And they're, t- they're typically big. A lot of them are Polish. Blood-soaked
0: aprons. It's dangerous. If Chicago would be terrified yeah. if, if, they all, if they all left the office at once.
1: And this is right about the, you know, this is the ascendancy of the Chicago Bulls. Like, I don't know how that plays into it, but it's all cultural
0: context. <laughs> like the two years Jordan retires, like Chicago's very, uh, it's on thin <laughs> ice there. They really need uh, a booming butcher industry,
1: booming meatpacking industry. So by 2005, the USDA, uh, being criticized from all sides, from the hippies and the nutritionists and the scientists and the, and, uh, but also the industry, I mean, it's basically like two servings of that. Well, what about two servings of this? Uh, they come out with a new pyramid, um, which they maybe somewhat predictably call my pyramid. My Pyramid. And it's one word with a capital P, My Pyramid.
0: It's, a, it's right around the time of MySpace, right? Yeah. This is the early days of social media, 2004, 2005. Yeah,
1: My Pyramid. My Pyramid. But what they did was... The design of the pyramid no longer had horizontal lines oh. d- d- delineating small uh, areas. This is insane. Small areas. It's
0: got little pie wedges coming from the top. From, from the top. It's
1: the worst design thing I've ever seen. It looks like a Pink Floyd album cover. Why right? should it be a pyramid anymore? It shouldn't. It shouldn't. It's just... and It's I know, a list of things. And all of the slices were the same size. There right. weren't like smaller slices. So it's just... Here's a list of things <laughs> that are good for health, shaped in a colorful pyramid. I don't know why they're in a triangle, and there were a lot of people that that noticed that the milk slice of the pyramid was like a color that made it pop
0: like all oh, right dairy, you, dairy's like uh, pushing for a nice yellow milk slice yeah they're like
1: well we should go, we should say the cereals are brown and the but you know pink is the or bright orange is dairy and so and also, there's a, on the side of the rainbow prism pyramid, there's a s- series of steps oh, and yeah. a graphic of a person
0: climbing the stairs. So, exercise is now on the side of my pyramid. Yes. So, the metaphor is very confusing. Yes. So, this is your wellness, which you are dividing up into different types of food. But then on the outside of this wellness, you must ascend to there's the exercise. point from which all the the vertex from which all the food groups originate Yes, is the dream of your walking, stair-climbing self. It's insane. They, were, they, were just, they felt like they were locked into the pyramid, and it should never have been a pyramid.
1: Exactly. What are we talking about now, exactly, USDA? And who, who's going to put this on the wall of a classroom and have it make any sense?
0: I can't believe this government committee design initiative
1: <laughs> turned out inefficiently. So at this point, uh, we're not the only ones to notice that my pyramid is dumb or was dumb and oh is it getting roasted by by late night hosts it's getting roasted i don't think late night hosts were were quite like hip all the way to it but but the people that were increasingly part of a trillion dollar business of health and welfare and nutrition and exercise um nobody liked it uh because it was dumb
0: they pissed off uh a GMC or what's the name of the vitamin store? Yeah, G-
1: GNC. GNC. Or is it? Yeah, GNC. They don't make uh, Jeeps. No, right. They, and they don't make which, stereos. Which, which, which one
0: makes <laughs> Jeeps and which one makes... Uh, a- AC
1: Delco makes the... Omega-3 Omega yeah. supplements? Uh, and so Harvard decides to get involved. And, Finally, we're and and going to get this settled. There's, there's a, a... The School of Public Health at Harvard says, you know what? We're going to make a pyramid... But our pyramid's going to have a lot more information in it. And it's going to be a smart pyramid, not like this dumb pyramid. Their
0: objection was the other ones were not busy enough. Yeah. We're going to cram some more stuff in here.
1: And Harvard, uh, hilariously, and I don't know, I mean, you have seen this as often as I have. When you're researching a topic and you come to a place where people have written a lot of academic papers on the topic. And then you realize that there's a whole cult of academic papers behind paywalls and they'll give you the, you know, the prospectus, they'll give you one paragraph on it. And then you have to subscribe to the Harvard library, you know, and I don't know, you have to pass a calisthenics test.
0: I have gone to university libraries in person for omnibus just to get around the stupid paywall. Yeah.
1: And, And so Harvard has put out this health pyramid, but you can't read any of the documentation because there's a hundred and eighty dollar a year fee. Yeah, exactly. Harvard has kept all the studies behind a behind a line, but they do try to publicize their their smart pyramid, and it is nominally smarter. It still has, um, you know, fruits, grains, veg, protein, but it doesn't you know, order them the same way. And the and le- there are levels in the pyramid that are divided in half. So, Oh, yeah, it's got kind of
0: bricks. I've seen this
1: one. Yeah, exactly. It's more like an actual pyramid made out of blocks. Finally. Is there, is there a pharaoh in it? They're underneath in a tunnel you can't see. And the pharaoh is your health. You're, the pharaoh is your health, the and is... there's a curse on it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so are they reflecting finally kind of this, um, are they getting away from this idea that carbs, good, protein, bad, that, that protein and fat, bad that we grew up with? Is it, is it actually embracing the... Maybe less starch kind of thinking?
1: Yes, somewhat. But it's also reflecting the, well, nuts are one of these. And so when you eat nuts, they're good for you in a protein sense, but they're also oily Mm. in a nut sense. And these nuts are better than those nuts. And these cooking oils are better than those cooking
0: oils. So there's like
1: lists of bullet points. In yeah, every... and these sugars are better than those sugars. This pyramid sounds like a boring pyramid, John. Well, but they but it's got some graphics in it. It's got some color in it. It's like, it's the pyramid that you would look at if you were a smart and you were like, yeah, now we've finally figured it out.
0: Like they, it took till the 21st century, but it's finally at the level of a USA Today infographic. Yeah, that's exactly it. Woo! We've
1: got it now. All I have to do is every meal, uh, uh, apply it to this pyramid, And, you know, and it, and it did, it is complicated in the sense that, yes, you need to use these foods and there, and every one of them you pick up, you can look at and go, but is this the perfect, is this the ideal form? Mm -hmm. You know, spinach is good. Is kale better? Uh. Almond is good. Is a cashew
0: worse? Well, this is where the money is, is in persuading people to feel bad about themselves because they're eating blueberries instead of acai or or whatever. Right. But it probably doesn't reflect actual... The more I think about this, I think the problem was trying to make it like an engineering schematic when that's not actually... When really you just want people to kind of internalize four kind of easy rules, you know? Like exercise more, sugars and processed foods less, fresh foods more, you know, like... But that doesn't... That's not like a diagram.
1: Yeah, exactly. And there have always been then uh, – there's always been room for those people and, you know, little Instagram shorts and TikTok shorts now. But there were these people also writing magazine articles where they, they, they have always said, look, eat less and exercise. That's the, that's the secret. There's no way you can lose weight without eating less. You mm. cannot exercise weight away. But you can't be a healthy person just by eating less. You have to also exercise. And the cult of exercise is exactly the same. There are people that are out there right now telling you you need to do. You're exercising wrong. Yeah. You need to do a small number of reps of high weights. And then there's somebody else that's like, not if you want this. You, you want, want to do a lot of reps of low weights. And this person over here, you know, saying no soup.
0: It's uh, because it's, it's just capitalism. Yeah. As long as those people are competing for your fitness dollars, they're all going to have an idea and tell you the other ideas are wrong. How did you make this about Marxism? The solution is to nationalize <laughs> the fitness industry. We need government gyms on yes. every corner yes. administering the president's rope climb
1: and filling us with food pyramid foods. And then the problem is solved. Here's what's going to solve the problem that the government feed us and force us to exercise. Yes, yes, exactly. And then, and, but we all get the same amount of food and we all g- have to do the same amount of exercise. And that we, sounds great.
0: We all get on our government treadmills and our little cubicles and we, we power the, the grid yes. with our uh, with our exercise.
1: And if we don't make our quota of exercise, then we get less food. Oh, that's a downward spiral. It's a Black Mirror episode. If, if we do, If we get less food, how are we going to make our exercise quotas? I'm starting to see a problem with your proposal. In 2011... The USDA finally said, look, we're, we're going to pivot away from the pyramid. It's not. The pyramid's done? The pyramid is just not a good way to look at it. And they replaced my pyramid with my plate. Oh. So remember my plate? They're back. To, well, they're back to the pie chart that the Swedes started That's with. right. Except now it's, it's supposed to be a plate. It's not a pie. It's a plate. And it makes sense. It makes sense. And they draw lines. On the plate. Like a TV dinner. Basically saying half of your plate should be fruit and vegetables. And then another third should be, you know, this assortment of different foods that comprise your starches and your grains and your so forth. And then up in the corner, there's your meat and dairy.
0: Or up in the corner is your meat. But yeah, in a nod to Wisconsin, it's a yeah. table setting with a glass,
1: and then there's a cup of milk.
0: Dairy's like the moon orbiting your plate because you can. Right. Can you imagine how unhealthy it would be to not have a a, a big glass of milk Delicious with, with milk. your with your with thick creamy
1: milk with your meal? And that was one of the one of the major criticisms of my plate in 2011 uh, that. The suggestion that you have a cup of milk yeah. just enraged people. They, well, they had kowtowed to the dairy industry. And so then the USDA had to say, well, okay, not a cup of milk. Because there were people that were like, can you imagine three cups of milk a day? What that's even going to do to a <laughs> oh, Swede, let alone <laughs> someone from Japan?
0: Oh, hey, I'm on Amazon and they sell these as tableware. My plates? Yeah. Like you can put, <gasps> you can set it in front of you with the uh, with the quadrants colored oh. appropriately and you can push your your uh, broccoli into the vegetable part and you can push your grapes into the fruit part.
1: And you can see the like, the, you can see the, the like hyper mom that, that, that subscribes to Zoop or whatever, Goop. Is that what it's called? Gloop? The Gwyneth Paltrow thing? Gwyneth Paltrow thing? thing? Yeah. It's goop. it's goop. And then she's actually putting the plate down, having meticulously filled those spaces with the different foods. I kind of want this
0: tableware now. I know it's
1: pretty rad. It would it would be fun for a party.
0: Uh but Harvard, but, but it's very weird by the way because all these dinner ideas have a bunch of green beans in the in the vegetable <sighs> place, and then some apple slices in the fruit place like yeah. like you would never actually have on a dinner plate, you know. All right, now let's eat our let's eat our a fresh fruit that comes at the side of our dinner.
1: Yeah. You would have the fruit in a cup and a whole section of the plate that was just milk. The fruit would be dessert or it'd be before the the meal with
0: a, with some cheese or.
1: This is the problem with making a huge portion of any meal vegetables, because unless you're eating a stir fry or are a vegetarian, your typical American meal does not have. Half a plate of vegetables because there's only five vegetables anybody can think of.
0: But that's why it's, sh- that's why they're, that's what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah. The idea is not that dinner is a big plate of meat and gravy with a little corner of vegetables. Right. The idea is you should be thinking about dinner as a big plate of vegetables and here's a little protein as a treat, but as a, sp- a special treat.
1: Like putting a picture of green beans doesn't help, right? Everybody knows about green beans. Like you should, it, basically, what the USDA should be doing is putting out a, a pamphlet every month. Here's a way to prepare vegetables that you might like. I like every vegetable. You like every vegetable? I think. Do you like boiled okra? It's slimy. (laughs) It is slimy. You don't,
0: I like every, uh, you could prepare every vegetable bad. I grew up eating boiled Brussels sprouts that tasted like metal. Right. And I grew up eating canned peas and carrots that tasted like nothing and were
1: mushy. Yes.
0: But you know. Our moms just didn't know. They were supposed to oven
1: roast them. But now you guys have an an air fryer and you put. (laughs) (laughs) put Air fried kohlrabi (laughs) every night. (laughs) But that, you know, that is the challenge for Americans is uh, to readjust your taste and your mind so that you think good food is. If
0: you just had like. Burned broccoli. If you just had garlic green beans from a Thai place,
1: you'd be like, I love green beans. But garlic green beans are hardly cooked relative to canned green beans, which are like massively cooked.
0: And probably, there's probably probably a ton of oil. I don't know, but
1: well, Harvard responded to my my plate. Whoa. Harvard fires back by issuing Harvard's healthy eating plate, which is not as cool sounding as my plate. Why and, are
0: the two institutions here, Harvard and the U.S. government?
1: Well, you know, I'm sure that uh, that's all that's left. Even in this neighborhood, there's someone who has made their own uh, eating chart. Maybe even in this house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But you know, Harvard has the, the credibility of, um, of their school of public health.
0: I didn't know they were like a nutrition.:
1: Well, empire. Pre- presumably all the, all the, the mucky-mucks at the National In- Institute of Health went to the Harvard Public it, School of Health because it's just like all of the concierges at major hotels went to Cornell. They just have decided like, this is one of our specialties. I'm looking at the healthy eating plate. And it's better. It's, it's not just a. It's not just a cool graphic. It's got more information, and it says this: you should have nuts.
0: There's no. There's no dairy whatsoever. They're right. not kowtowing to anybody. There's a right. glass of water because you got to stay hydrated. There's a. There's a cruet of oil next to your plate, mm-hmm. but it does not suggest you're supposed to mo- finish off your plate and then suck down the cruet of
1: oil. It's, no, that's what you use to to flash fry the green beans. And they
0: all have little notes like this is saying. Look, we said vegetables, but that doesn't mean French fries. Right. We said oils, but please use olive and canola instead of trans fats. Like make sure your grains are whole grain. Limit red meat. Avoid bacon. Wow, they're like
1: anti-nitrates. Well, even. yeah, nitrates and the All you have to do is eat bacon for three days in a row and you're like, my tongue is swelling up and I feel like dying.
0: They always point to the the meat part and say, also beans and nuts. Beans and nuts. And they, they what they really mean is you should really just eat beans and nuts. It would be better for you and the earth. But they know it's a hard sell. They're not going to tell Americans, this is the
1: beans and nuts quadrant. The thing is that for me that has been my savior. The first thing I did was make a pot of 15 bean soup that Are
0: there even 15 beans? There are 15 beans. Did you have to discover new beans <laughs> to make this soup?
1: There's a very famous 15 bean soup mix that's in every grocery store. It's just a bag with 15 beans in it. And you it's s- Not a soup mix. <laughs> you soak them for You soak them for an uh, overnight and then you boil them for what seems like a hundred hours. And then you have this, and oh, and there's a little packet of seasoning. And then it's this soup that feels like you're eating. I mean, you cannot eat too much of it, right? But you also, after a bowl of it, it's not a thing where you're like, bring me a second helping of, of 15 bean soup.
0: It's because the beans are continuing to grow in your stomach.
1: Uh, and then I bought a huge, uh, bastic of, uh, mixed nuts, and so every time I walk nuts soup. <laughs> every time I walk through the kitchen, instead of grabbing a, grabbing a handful of, of clearly much smaller and less good M and M's, I eat a bunch of nuts. And by the by the end of the day, beans and nuts.
0: I'm looking at a list of the fifteen beans, or at least the seventeen beans from which various manufacturers take their fifteen beans.
1: Name yeah, some of those beans.
0: They look pretty good. Name the beans you've never heard of. Well, some of them are. This is like a. There's garbanzo beans. We all like You've those. You've heard of those. We like cranberry beans. There's beans I like here, like lentils. And there's some beans I don't like, uh, red kidney beans.
1: But if red kidney beans are mixed in with a yeah, hundred other beans.
0: You're not going I'm not going to pick them out like it's a checks mix. Right.
1: Oh, and what I do is like everybody I know in uh, Western Washington, no matter what I make, I put in as much spinach as the pot will hold. Right. And then it'll. And then it goes down. It <laughs> It's just little stringy bits of green throughout your soup.
0: Do you feel like your 15 bean mix has both large lima beans and baby lima
1: beans? It does. Those, are, can kind of those bean. are
0: two different beans. <laughs> White cashew
1: nut. The thing is the, the large lima beans are as big as a cicada. Oh. They're
0: massive. I don't know if I would feel safe. Do you take, do you like take it out and you just take bites out of it? Take bites off of one? No, because. you're eating a peanut butter cup?
1: You you cook the soup long enough that the large lima beans just go, you know, you bite into a bowl of bean or a spoonful of beans and it's it's just. It's all beans. It's just a bunch of beans. You're not going like, I don't want those big ones.
0: I'm intrigued by your new bean-based lifestyle. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to try it. I guess, I guess if I, if I bought some Gas X, I could try it.
1: Well, that, and then of course that's the other problem. I mean, 15 beans, if you. It's good for the, it's good for the (laughs) solitary living gentleman. If you don't get gas from that bean, you're probably going to get it from the other bean. But, but, uh, so wish me luck. I'm, I'm now, what, a few weeks into, um, I mean, by the time this show airs, it will be a few, a couple of months of not eating sugar and, and lame starches. And
0: you know, like we cheat once a week, but you're like, pretty much like.
1: What happened to us the last time is we went nine months and then someone introduced the idea of cheat day. Oh, and that killed, that brought down the whole foundation. Because we had cheat day and then we had, you know, three weeks went by and we were like, well, cheat day really starts on Saturday. And then it was like, <laughs> well, cheat day starts at midnight on Friday and it goes till, you know, Monday morning. We could have two consecutive Yeah. And then pretty soon it was like, well, I mean, I ate a bowl of ice cream. I, you know, Wednesday could also be a little bit of a lily pad of cheat. And then I was all, you know, you're back on sugar. Seems like we need the food pyramid, but in calendar form. Like this day is being a nut day. As someone who quit drinking alcohol, I can tell you that your worst enemy is not physical craving. It's the idea that like, it's New Year's yeah, Eve. It's, true. <laughs> it's my daughter's wedding. Come on. Nobody's
0: ever suggesting cheat day in AA. No. Yeah, no, it's so. it's okay. Of course I'm drunk. It's cheat
1: day. Hey, it's cheat day. I mean, I'm just, you know, because all you do is just have that one glass and then you're like, well, it didn't hurt me. I didn't, I'm not an alcoholic again.
0: I guess modern marriages have cheat day.
1: Hmm. Right? Oh, you're talking about polyamory. Sure.
0: Like it used to be an absolute addict-like rule, fidelity, and now it's like, no, it's cheap day. What's going on over in
1: your in, in your neighborhood? Not in my house. I, I didn't I didn't realize that you were part of a progressive Mormon church.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's a, it's our neighborhood. Yeah, your neighborhood. It's that's a, right. It's a key party every New Year's Eve.
1: I've been to I've been to church with you, and I know that. Every family has seven kids and they all are dressed in the same outfit. Little bow ties on the small ones, bigger bow ties. And yeah, nobody's got time for polyamory. Yeah, exactly. You're, well, yeah, got, seven kids. Got six kids to drive to soccer. <laughs> what the hell?
0: And that concludes The Food Pyramid. Entry 487.MT0611, certificate number 54063 in the omnibus. Uh, futurelings, uh, much as my pyramid was a result of the dawn of social media. We now live in the dusk, the dusk, the end times of social media. Please do not try to find us at Ken Jennings, at John Roderick, at Omnibus Project. It just won't work. I feel like a lot of people are doing no social media New Year's resolutions. Are they? Yeah, I think so. That's smart.
1: Uh, I,
0: I I did not know that. Can you get like a cheat day for Instagram?
1: Uh, that's the other problem. I mean, I went after my explosive uh, ejection, my my 15 bean ejection from social media <laughs> three years ago. I uh, I stayed off of it for, for months, for really for a year. Didn't go on it at all. And then the war in Ukraine cheat day. was a cheat day. I snuck back in to see like – because I just love all of the people that are – that have – that invaded Ukraine? Well, no. That have like little shibuinos with sunglasses on, yeah. telling the Russians that they don't know how to drive trucks, and I and it dragged me back in, and then pretty soon,
0: you know, what was very good for me is when Twitter auto auto updated on my phone, and I and I finally got the the ugly black X. Oh, I just don't want to click on. It. I have no muscle memory for for liking the ugly black X. It's ugly. If that was a cute blue bird, I'd be like, oh, this is the this is the blue bird that tells me jokes and gives me news. Yeah. But now I'm like, what even is this icon? The Edgelord X. I, d- I don't click on it anymore.
1: Yeah, it's, no, it's gross. It's perfect. Are you not, you're not tweeting? I don't, I don't know, maybe. I don't think so. But are you on Mastodon or something like that? Or is, have you just eliminated it from your diet?
0: Blue Sky. But I'm not really on Blue Sky because, again, none of them are as good. So you're not like, boy, I got to see what's going on. So as long as none of them are good, I'm not really going to be on social media. It's amazing. It, w- it worked.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I, I, I think it's the most toxic thing in my life, um, besides my next-door neighbor's. And I don't want to be, I mean, it's just garbage, pure garbage. How
0: come there's no government, my pyramid for social media where where instead of a plate, it looks like a phone app, a phone screen. And it's like, here are the apps you should be using. And it's like good ones. Maps. What's uh, the O
1: maps? I don't know. Wikipedia.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Privacy error, you know, the do not disturb app. Uh, The Common
1: sense media.
0: ASMR meditation apps. And then there's like little, okay, you know, the tip of the pyramid is you can have a little Instagram for a treat. You can play candy crush.
1: Well, here's the here's my problem. I put limits on all of my stuff. Every day, there are three <laughs> different times when it's like you have exceeded your limit on this, and, and you're I'm like, just like, "Good, screw you! Click right through it." It's just become another. It's just like a pop-up ad. I
0: hate you, past self. <laughs> Who put this on here? <laughs> um. So instead of doing that, you could uh, people in our time could email us at the at gmail.com, uh, Send us things at PO Box five five seven four four Shoreline Washington. Nine eight one five five. Find their uh, find other listeners at the Futurelings groups on Facebook and so forth. I, I try. I looked at the Reddit one the other day, and it's pretty dead. Oh no! We need ten of you right now to go to Reddit and like try to colonize it.
1: Yeah, start arguing about something over there on yeah. Reddit.
0: It's like you know, you could go to Mars and have sex, or you could go to
1: Reddit and have an argument. Well, what about what about uh, Discord? Because people are always. Uh, Telling other people to go to Discord, I noticed.
0: Yeah, there's some well, there's some offshoot of the of the Discord for
1: your other podcast. Well, no, that's discourse, oh, discourse, discourse, and Discord. I thought the the bus or van one was Discord. But there's not. a Discord of the of Gary's van, and there's a discourse of the Going Places gang. And never the twain shall meet. I think I need a diagram of <laughs> this from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. And I think the Discord people are somewhat uh, like. A lot of the Discord people are disgruntled Gary's Van people, or vice versa. There should be a social media platform called Disgruntled. But Discord is a, is like derived from a video game culture. Yeah. And discourse are like a lot of like sort a of Substack or something. Well, it's, yeah, it's like a hippie, um, open source. Let's bring back civility to the world. And actually, it's pretty nice over there. Yeah.
0: Well, there's discourse apparently. And then there is an Omnibus specific Discord, which I'm sure the Facebook group could tell you about because I can't remember.
1: And the there link. might be a similar kind of, this is the offshoot of people that want to talk about Omnibus, but from a Jordan Peterson standpoint. <laughs> yeah, where's
0: that one at? <laughs> That's probably on X. And uh, the best way to support the show, as always, is to go to patreon.com omnibusproject um, you're listening to this when in the second or third month of the year, we're, we're pretty close to, I think we're pretty close to some new Patreon benefits. So yeah. check that out. And, uh, the show would not exist
1: without you who support it. Thank you. Every time Ken comes over, he walks in and he's like, whew, man, if it wasn't for that Patreon, I would not be here. I'd be home watching the Godfather part two again. Oh, I see what you're saying. And I go, thank you, Patreon. For bringing Ken. Patreon makes me show up. Yeah. For bringing Ken and his light
0: to my home. It's some Linda Evangelista. (laughs) I don't get up for less than 10,000 Patreon dollars.
1: Yeah. It's like my FU guarantee where people write me and they're like, hey, how much to play a house show? And I'm like, here's an amount that hopefully will make you F off. (laughs) And if it doesn't make you F off, then I guess I'll have to do it. Does this mean you never played a house show? Well, No, I have not. I've played a couple of events. But
0: nobody's hit the number.
1: Well, no, a couple of, a couple, handful of times people have said, I want you to play my husband's birthday party and we are rich. And so I will. Do they always say that? Well, no, but. And we are rich. That's what happens. One time there was an Amazon executive that wanted me to play his birthday party. And I said, no, it was his secretary that wrote me. And I was like, no, never. And she wrote me again, and she was like, well, what will it take? And I said, a ridiculous sum for me to play a birthday party for an Amazon executive. Did you she, name
0: a number, or did you just say the words, a ridiculous no, sum? No, and then
1: she was like, how ridiculous? And I named a number that I thought was a ludicrous number, and she was like, fine.
0: One second later. And I was and like, oh, man. I could have said any number. You should have doubled that. I forgot to – I didn't use their ridiculous numbers. Yeah. I used
1: my ridiculous But numbers. then I did it. I went and played this guy's birthday party, and what, what, what happened was – um, he was standing six feet from me, freaking out. And the other 200 Amazon executives that were at his party could not have cared less. God. And were super. it felt super awkward because... They're like, oh, it's a band. Yeah, like Mr. Guy was... It wasn't a band. It was me with a small amplifier. Oh,
0: it's the way I feel when I go into a restaurant and a live musician is setting up and I'm like,
1: oh, oh, oh no. Friday night, right. Yeah. So I was just like push over just basically looking him in the eye and he was jumping up and down like singing every word and then all of his like millionaire friends were like oh my god when will this be over
0: that's how that's how a birthday party should be though exactly he was the special
1: birthday boy yeah and then i and then i put on my hat and coat and grabbed a couple of pity fours off of a silver tray and got the hell out of there into the night well, some
0: of you, I bet, do not support the Patreon, and I hope you feel uh, bad about that. I hope it keeps you up nights, yeah. all this hours of entertainment, of moderately uh, informative and correct entertainment you've been getting for free for years. Don't you think you're going to have to pay the piper at some Eventually, point? Or Don't you think the universe is going to want to exact some price?
1: At least write me and offer me a ludicrous sum of
0: money to play your house party. I'm not saying your cat's going to get run over because you listen to Omnibus for free, but it's time to start
1: balancing the scales. It's 2024, and if you have not made enough resolutions, maybe make a resolution to donate. to Support great art. To support great or, art. Or, absent that, omnibus. <laughs> Future links from our vantage point in your distant past, we have no idea how long our civilization survived. We hope and pray that the catastrophe we fear may never come. Or we hope and fear that the catastrophe we pray for may never come. You pray for a catastrophe? Aren't you somebody from the Northwest Doomsday that's cult. that's always like, oh, I, if, the, if the earthquake does come, I hope it's big. And not just another little earthquake.
0: I just hope it's big enough to kill me.
1: I don't want the the earthquake to maim me. But I mean, don't you like, whenever people are like, well, Rainier's going to erupt someday, you're like, why not today? (laughs) Um, If the worst comes soon, like for instance, Mount Rainier erupts, this recording, like all our recordings, may have been our final word. But if providence allows we wish you many goods and cheese and hope to be back with you soon. Well, many goods and cheese, but mostly whole grains
0: and nuts. Beans and nuts and fruits and vegetables.
1: And it's apparently stir-fried green beans. A small amount of cheese. Um, then we would hope to be back with you soon unless you're super party in another entry in the office